the people in Savannah are not your competition. Other dancers in our city are your are your network. They're your allies. Welcome to Dance Through the Lens, the podcast designed for parents whose children have a passion for dance. We understand the unique joys and challenges of supporting young dancers. And in this podcast, we'll share insights, tips, and heartwarming stories from fellow dance parents and experts. Whether you're a seasoned dance parent or just starting on this journey, join us as we navigate the world of dance together. Now, here are your hosts, Whitney Collins and Katie Hughes. and welcome to Dance Through the Lens, a brand new podcast with your host, Whitney Collins, and my co-host, Katie Hughes. Hey, Katie, how's it going? Hi, Whitney. It's going really well. How are you today? I am so happy to be here with you talking to all of our dance parents about all things dance. Oh, I am too. I've been waiting all week to get together with you and be able to begin this podcast. I'm so excited. Well, since we're right at the beginning, why don't we take a couple minutes just to give our listeners just a little bit of insight to who we are and kind of like why we're doing this. I love that. Let's get going. All right. Perfect. So tell us a little bit, Katie, about your role in the dance world today. So right now, I kind of wear two hats in the dance world. The first hat is that I am a licensed professional counselor. I am nationally board certified and I have a master's addictions counseling certificate to serve as the lead mental health counselor at a creative university that prepares students for creative careers. And I work as that lead performing mental health counselor to provide therapy and coaching. And then my second hat is that I'm a dance mom, and I am very involved in all my daughter's uh, dance careers. Yeah. And so you have four little ones at home, yeah? I do. Yes. My youngest is one. So she got her first pair of dance shoes this year for her birthday. And then I have a six-year-old who, no, she's four, but she's four. She acts like she's six, but she really loves those combo classes. And I have an eight-year-old who just moved from the performance team to the competition team. And she's loving, you know, all the genres of competitive dance. And then my 11-year-old is pretty set that she was born to be a dancer and on a path of dancing as much as she can. Awesome. Yeah. And my connection with Katie's girls is that I am actually a dance photographer and I have photographed actually three out of four of your little guys. So that's been really fun to watch their progress over the last couple of years and really see your little one get into it. Because when you guys came to us, I mean, she was little, little and just kind of running around the studio, having a good time with her big sisters. Oh, she loved running around your studio and those gorgeous dresses that you put them in. Those photos are some of my prized possessions, Whitney. Oh, that's so much fun. Well, tell me a little bit about your dance background because you have a long dance history. Sure. So I started dancing when I was three years old. My mom brought me to Pittsburgh Ballet Theater School for creative movement. And I danced with them for uh, more than a decade. And through wow. the, the Pittsburgh Ballet Theater training program, I was able to dance with their professional company for many years. And then in college, I chose to go a more traditional route. And so I majored in political science, but to stay connected to the dance community, I taught dance in Santa Fe, New Mexico at the Children's Dance Program. And I worked as a choreographer 
freelancing for community events. And then in graduate school, I moved to D.C. and I started competing as a professional with Arthur Murray in the Pro-Am ballroom circuit. And so dance for me has really evolved, but it's something I've really loved to use as a tool to connect to myself throughout the lifetime. So Whitney, tell me a little bit about your background in dance because you capture dancers so beautifully. I know that you have to have some background in there. Yeah, I so being a dance photographer has been, I, I mean, it's just been the best career. And I think that it probably makes my parents a little bit happy that all of those thousands of dollars and, you know, vacations to dance nationals weren't wasted, that I was able to find a way to turn dance into a career path. But like you, I started when I was three. I started in 1988. So I often joke with my clients that it was just completely different. It was a lot of jazz squares and jazz hands and sparkles. You know, today's kids are are so incredibly talented, but just having that background, I think, has really helped me as I've applied applied that to dance photography. I did dance until I was about 13. I took a little break to do some all-star cheerleading um, and came back to dance in college and was on the dance team down here at Georgia Southern. So, yeah, it's been one of those things that I've always kind of come back to. And, you know, obviously I was never going to be a pro dancer. So finding a way to kind of keep keep dance in my daily, my daily career has just been really incredible. I love that. And Whitney, one of the things that you just mentioned that really resonated with me is that dance is so different for today's 18 and under dancers than it was when we were dancing in the eighties. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast is because the information overload that, you know, and all of the resources accessible to dancers now is just unbelievable. And let's just talk. I know that we, you know, let's, let's go back and just talk a little bit about like where we're located. So we are in a, I wouldn't say we're in a small town, but we're definitely not in a metropolis either like Atlanta or New York. And so the dance landscape here it can be a little bit tricky to navigate. Absolutely. I always say we're not quite a large town, but we're definitely not a small city either. We're somewhere limboing in between a big town and a small city. Absolutely. And I remember when you brought the girls in for their photo shoots a couple years back, we talked about how it would be so cool if we had a community of dance adults helping each other sort of navigate the unique situations that this community finds itself in. And wouldn't it be cool if we were all working together? And then a couple of years later, like here we are making that happen. Absolutely. I have always been a really strong proponent of the concept of the more the merrier. I really do believe that information sharing is the key to success. And so I actually moved here from Washington, D.C. And like I mentioned earlier, I was born and raised in Pittsburgh, and that's where I danced. And when I moved to Savannah, I was sad that we didn't have the infrastructure for the training programs that I knew. And Mm -hmm. I knew that a lot of dancers were finding success here and there with, you know, some different experiences, but there wasn't like that clear path to success, to dance, to having a professional career or having even, you know, dance accessible to you in college. Let's back up a little bit and let's talk about success because I want us to be very careful 
about like what we're talking about here because we have a lot of really amazing studios with really great staff. You know, they're doing really well in the competitive world and they're really they're really great starting points for a lot of our local dancers. So I want to be sure that our listeners know that we're not we are not saying anything negative about the training opportunities available to our dancers. So when you say success, what what is it that you mean? Let's expand on that just a little bit. Perfect. I love it. Yes. No, we do have an amazing community of resources here. And for me, success is what a dancer defines for themselves. So that's something that I think is really important to explore. And that's something I do a lot with my clients. I ask them, you know, what does success look like for you? And that way we can manage expectations. We can really tailor their programs to meet their needs and make them feel that sense of self-efficacy. I love that because what I, what I imagine is that for some dancers, like dancing in their local studios, you know, getting the opportunity to travel and go to competitions is absolutely exactly what they're looking for. And that is like, that is success to them. And I think more of what you're talking about is if our dancers want to go pro, it's not like we have the Atlanta ballet that is funneling kids through a pre-pro program. Like we don't have that type of company or studio here locally in Savannah. Not yet. But yes, I think that that we definitely have building blocks in Savannah. I think we have amazing building blocks for every stage of a dancer's career. But we do not have that like birth through pre-professional, through professional company in the same way that a larger city does. I mean, we have have elements of it, but we don't have the big whole package. I agree with that. Yeah. Can I just back up to the definition of success so that everyone can find this to be relatable? As a dance mom, I have one daughter who my definition of success as a dancer for her is actually having her wear dance clothes to dance class. (laughs) So that's a win in my book and having like a bunch of different tools in my toolbox to be able to like cajole her to get out of the car, to put on her dance clothes, to get into class and then to stay in class and not go to the bathroom five times is a total win for me. And I'm happy to share those experiences. But for me, that's success. I went an entire year with one of my dancers who the transition from after school to dance class was just too much. The day is really long. She liked to, to, to dance when she got into class, but actually getting her to go into class because she was exhausted was tough. And so just picking better classes that worked with her rhythm was important. And then I have another dancer, you know, who the sky's the limit. And so being able to manage her expectations and be okay with the process that's success for me right now, where she is in her life. So there's different success for every age and every stage and every situation. Yeah. And I'm sure like managing your daughter's relationship with one another as their definitions of success grow and change and are different and just helping each one like still enjoy the same activity, but maybe do it without comparing themselves to one another and like keeping that sister relationship intact. I imagine that can be pretty tricky to navigate. Well, you have great insight because that is a challenge. I always joke with our studio owner that I've provided her with my very own small team, but Mm -hmm. I like them to each have their own individual way of expressing themselves and approaching their art. So yes, that's awesome. 
So talk to me because we were talking off off mic about just your dance story and it's such a unique story. Tell me a little bit about like your whole general generational dance infrastructure. Yeah, so that's something that I definitely recognize comes from like a place of privilege that I have a mom who was involved in the 60s as a competitive majorette on her high school dance team and she was really involved in the pageant circle in um, Ohio and Pennsylvania. And so with her experience as a majorette going through like the beauty pageants circuits, she felt when she became a mom that she had an understanding of some of the things that could have benefited her that she just didn't have access to. And when I expressed an interest in dance, my mom worked really hard to give me the things that she felt she could have benefited from. And she did a great job. She got me enrolled at Pittsburgh Ballet Theater Training School. I had access to private lessons. She was a very invested stage mom. My dad owned a television production company with my mom. And so together, they provided all of the professional videography for the Pittsburgh Ballet Theater, which gave me access to a lot of amazing experiences. And now as a mom myself, I can even see where I had some shortcomings in my training that were either because of lack of knowledge or my situation and location, or, you know, I didn't, I don't have the same talent that my girls do, and I don't have the same drive that they do. So I really have to like tailor and modify what they need, but I have a a lot of information that can help me kind of curate a great program for them. Yeah. So like we kind of want to be today's dance parents, dance grandma. Like we, like we want to help show them the way, I mean, because I get dancers in my studio all the time that their parents didn't dance and, you know, like they're just kind of doing the best that they can. And sometimes it's a little bit reactive and not proactive. So we want to help dance parents have the information that they need to be proactive in their dancer's career. I love that. Yes, I want to shorten everybody's learning curve because it's one really expensive to be involved in dance, you know, being able to like really make intentional investments. Two, it's really time consuming. And three, I mean, knowledge is power. So when you can make those great intentional decisions, you can be more proactive. They always say, um, what is the saying, Whitney? A ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Yeah, I was actually, uh, yes. And I actually heard in my, uh, in my head, Taylor Swift's line, if you, you fan, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Like, so I was totally channeling Taylor Swift right then. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can we like just insert T Swift right here? Like, I love it. No, but that's so, I mean, I think it's so important because as we all like try to improve and try to enhance and try to like highlight. I mean, one of the things is that we have great things going on here in in our town that, you know, in our city that is like metropolitan city level. Like we have some amazing resources, but they need to be used so that we don't lose them. That's absolutely right. And you know, something that I've noticed just from kind of an outsider looking in, because I think that the benefit from where I'm sitting is that I get an inside look at a lot of different studios. And so I think that a lot of different studios have a lot of really cool stuff going on. But 
people outside of their studio, like have no idea that they're doing this workshop. And, you know, people are bringing in like master classes and teachers from all over and choreographers and their classes are open to the public, you know, but they might just not be getting the word out. And so it's cool to be able to connect the dots for people and, you know, let them know like, hey, this is what's going on. Like, these are some great connections to make. And I don't know about you, but like for me, the the Savannah dance community is so special because like when I was growing up and when I was in dance, like it would have never even dawned on me to go somewhere else to take a class that maybe wasn't offered at the studio that I was at. And I see dancers in our local community kind of like, you know, they're they're obviously really loyal to one studio, but they may go take a ballet class with another studio or or whatever. Do you find that to be the case? I do. So when I grew up, I had to sign a contract that I wouldn't get outside training. And that was that was intense. And I think that right now, the ability for our students to be able to go to different studios and take different classes and have exposure to different master's class teachers and choreographers is critical. And, And I really love that for them. And I also, you know, one of the things I think, Whitney, our goal is, is to bring the dance community together so that there can be different studios. You can have your loyalty to your team, but that understanding that we are Savannians and that the people in Savannah are not your competition. Other dancers in our city are your, are your network. They're your, they're your allies. When you go to New York, you're not going to be wearing your team jacket. You're going to be repping your city and you're going to have people from other studios from your same town there. And it's so great to be able to come together. Yeah, I think that's a really great outlook. I mean, a rising tide lifts all ships. And, you know, I think when people pave the way, it makes it easier for the, you know, for other people to follow. And then who knows what opportunities like we may get even in our town once people, you know, once people start putting us on the map. Absolutely. I mean, even if you look at the 2024 competition season right now, we have some really big names coming to Savannah that when we we first moved here, I never thought would be having Savannah be one of their stops on a large national tour. I can't wait to talk with you all about that. And listeners, we're actually going to stop here because next episode, we're going to talk all about all of these awesome opportunities coming up very soon. Like we're, we're about to be in audition season. Audition season's huge. Chime in with us because I can't wait to share some tips. And Whitney, I know you have some really good ideas about how to have a great audition package. Oh, I surely do. All right. Awesome, Katie. Well, thanks for thanks for joining me today. And listeners, we will see you next time on Dance Through the Lens. Thank you for tuning in to Dance Through the Lens. We hope you enjoyed this episode and found valuable insights to support your dancer's journey. If you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the future, please reach out. You can leave us a message at 912 912- 376-9184 or email us at hello at whitneycollinsphotography.com. We'll be back next week with more advice, stories, and inspiration to keep you and your dancer moving forward.